and um, I hear the first officer call out. And then the first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, holy sh! it's the goat man. And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet. And my, I, I could hear the ringing in my ears and I could feel my heart race. And so I hit my light and I went flying up there. I'd been told by some old, older people, elders, that you grab them and you hold them and you, you, you don't own them, but you, you hold them there until daylight. If you can hold them or pull it in, pull them into the light, it uh, destroys anything they have, uh, any kind of power or anything that, or anything they were trying to do to you, it'll, it'll destroy them. This guy was like bouncing, like. You know, like how you, you see people kind of getting ready to jig? You know how they kind of bounce? Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing, and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other. And uh, and he just kind of turned sideways, and he turned back over to the other way, and and uh, he took off. Holy shit, he jumped in Wanda. This is Lodge Tales. I'm your host, Rod Williamson. And thanks again for joining us on another episode. If you are Native American and you'd like to come on the show to share your strange and paranormal experiences, please consider emailing us at lodgetales at gmail.com. Well, people, we're back. Arlen and I continue our conversation from the last episode, and uh, in this one we talk about Seven Mile Lane. We talk about this place called Hole in the Wall, um, out by Heart Butte, well, east of Heart Butte, but uh, then we go on to talk about Fourhorn Lake. We mention a little bit about that Serpent Lodge, too, in this episode. Uh, we tell stories of boarding school, more stories of that place. Um, there's a story down there about cleansing a home, and, uh, then we go on to talk about the police dispatch, and this one that always talks with ghosts, or there's always ghosts around her, and when she's on dispatch, uh, you'll, you'll see it's crazy. <laughs> and then there was a ghost at the police headquarters, and this one, since Arlen and I had such a long conversation before, my recording device split it in two, and it... We missed some of it in there. So I'll go ahead on that part and just kind of like interject and fill in where that part kind of got cut out. But that's kind of oh, about three quarters into the episode where that happens. But I'll fill in so nobody loses the story there. Then I tell a story about when this EMT seen a spirit in this car. Anyways, so she, they got a call to this house and they see a spirit in this car and you'll see it's a pretty good one and um let's see we talk more about goat man and it's a story i told about when you know i heard about when it was cornered down in boarding school i talk about that a little bit then Ar arlen goes on to talk about shadow people and then this whistling spirit will be kind of like the last part that we talk about um you know i always encourage people to come on the show and uh well i'm doing it again here 
you know, if you have stories, like I said, just email them in if you don't want to come on the show and I can read them for you. And if not, um, encourage other people that you know of that have really good stories to come on. You know, so we can save them, preserve them for later, you know, later generations and stuff like that. And I always talk about this, like, my grandpa, he, he had a lot of stories. He was a part of a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, things that he never shared with us or we didn't think to ask because we were too young. Now, my kids will have a lot of my stories out here, you know, that are saved on, on here. So they'll be able to listen down the road and maybe even show their kids or they'll just know the stories and they can talk about them themselves. You know, share the, my stories with their kids or, or however it goes. But, you know, it's kind of a cool thing that we can do this today and save these stories for the future. And so if there's anything that anybody wants to share as far as, you know, all these ghost stories or or anything... You know, feel free to come on the show and, and, and share them with everybody because we'd all like to hear them. You know, there's a lot of people worldwide that listen to our stories. And uh, I know that a lot of these stories are really appreciated because, well, we're kind of a unique podcast where not a lot of people get to hear firsthand from us how this all goes. There are some out there where, you know, like those Navajos, they have, uh, I don't know, it was like a video or documentary or something about when they were hunting a lot of the Bigfoot and strange things that happened with them. And it was part of a, it was on TV somewhere, but you know, those things are few and far between. And it would just be good to get more of our stories out, well, in a podcast format, you know. And uh, if you do have people that you know please encourage them to come on you know it's uh i know it can be difficult to open up about some things but um just know that you're in a safe environment and it's not recorded live i'll go through and edit you only we're only comfortable with putting out stories and material that you're comfortable putting out you know we don't there's a lot of stuff i'm telling you there's a lot of stories here like the really, really good ones, they have to be told in person. You know, I'm not really comfortable sharing them on here either. It's just like most people ain't. So, just remember that too. There's We hold back a lot too. There's a lot of stuff that we don't talk about. That uh, would really... How would I say it? It would really blow your mind. I mean, just put it that way. Some of these stories that we tell, you know. And those ones are really, a lot of those are really personal stories where it's to do with those spirits and when they come to you and share things with you, stuff like that. You know, there's some of those that we won't talk about. And if we do, we decide to do it in person. It's just kind of the, the way it is. And so with that, again, thank you all for joining us again and uh, the patrons. The next episode is going to most likely be out tomorrow. Um, I'm having a little trouble getting that one nailed down. So no worries, it's coming. And um, the patron episode is going to be about dreams. We're going to be talking about dreams. So stay tuned for that. Um, 
One last thing, I'm going to be in Heart Butte for the powwow this year. Uh, I tried to make it to Browning. Jeez, the stars in the line. I wasn't able to make it. It's kind of a bummer, but I'll be up there for Heart Butte Ending Days. And when I'm up there, I'm going to bring my recording stuff, so hopefully I can, we can get more from the powwow. A lot of people, hopefully I can corner some or people come forward. <laughs> they corner some. <laughs> uh, anyways, I'll go. Go bum some stories for us. <laughs> okay, well, without any more messing around, let's get into it. There's the second part with uh, Arlen and I. I'm doing another one now. Oh, let's see, let's see. You know, this one's out in uh, Heartbeat. Uh, they always talk about stuff like that, too. Uh, out at Southern Mile Lane. Oh, yeah. The Seven Mile Lane, they talked about that a lot. And, uh, of course, growing up out there, my, old, my mom used to always talk about that. And uh, she always told me, and she showed me that rock out there, that buffalo rock, they call it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a big rock there in the corner. He returns, he turns east. She told me a story. She said, if you ever, you know, you can leave offerings and stuff to it. Yeah, some type of spiritual or, you know, significant. Some, you always told me if you ever get stranded on this road at night, you know, there's things, there's things out here. He said, come to this rock and stay, stay at this rock until the sun comes up. Huh? Oh. And then you'll, you'll be safe. Said, stay here overnight. Just stay until the sun comes up and you'll be safe. And I always ask her, why? Because you know, we'd always stop there and leave tobacco, you know. Mm. And uh, he told me a story one time when I was a kid, uh, one time there was this Indian who was coming, I don't know if he was walking to or coming from Dupuyer. It was in a long time ago. That's like where a lot of people go down to Dupuyer and drink, and then, you know, they take that back road to Heartbeat and stuff. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of, like, kids I get in. I imagine there's a lot of wrecks and stuff. Like, there's a lot of bad stuff happened, you know, uh, on that road. Yeah. Um, so uh, one time she said, I don't know if he was coming to or from, but anyways, he was just kind of dark and, uh, it was money. Somebody just left money, you know, left some money or something. And he took it. He took it from that rock. And he started walking away. And he got a ways away from the rock where he couldn't see it no more. And he said, next thing you could feel like trembling in the ground. Like the earth was shaking. And he said, it's like somebody would like uh, come up to him and run like they had hooks. Mm. And, uh, He'd run away, he'd get scared, so he felt it coming, he'd take off, he kept taking off and looking back and nobody there finally she said it was like a like there was a, like there was a bunch of them. You could hear them trembling coming from uh, you know coming from, from one one side of the area of the prairie he was walking. Finally, uh they were coming and uh you could hear them getting closer, like just really you could hear the ground shaking, hear hooves trembling and like you know, when something was really heavy, he's running towards you. Yeah. But anyways, I guess he turned around and he brought that offering back to that rock and left it. <laughs> <laughs> she always told me that story. But she ever said, you know, if you ever get stranded here for whatever reason, just go to that rock and stay there till sunrise. Dang, I'm going to look for that rock. Drive by well, there all the time. Yeah, you missed it. It'll be right on your left when you take that sharp turn left. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'm going to have to look for that the next time. Yeah, she, uh, 
It's been a while since I've been there, but I always stopped and, you know, made an offering. And you have to cross that fence. Before I'm talking about it, never used to be fenced off, but now it is. But you can just cross it. I mean, a lot of people go there. I think they still go there. But, you know, like, my mom was old, you know, she was born in the 40s. So, yeah. a lot of them old people, they kind of just, you know, passed, they passed on now, you know. So, I don't think too many people know that or go there anymore, you know. Where's, um, I remember Joe Ken talking about some place called, what is it, uh, some kind of coulee back there where there was an old house. I always try to remember um, the name of that. Was it, um, Hangover Coulee? No. Sober Up Coulee. Yeah. yeah, Sober Up Coulee. Yeah, where's that See, at? Um, I want to say it's on that road, but you go further north. Oh, okay. Because Al, Al, Al Potts used to talk about that. He said, you know, back in his days, he said, I go to Dupuyer, said, get drunk and wake up with, uh, wake up uh, hungover and sober up coolly with, like, you know, a couple, like a couple of dollars in his pocket or something. <laughs> He's always joke about that, you know. But I want to say there, because, you know, I think a lot of them park there or they go there and pass out. Huh? And, uh, but I want to say it's north of there, that road on there somewhere. But I never heard no stories other than Al Potts talking about it, you know. You know, there's like a couple, I guess I'd say oddities around the res. Or, um, one of them I heard of is out by Blacktail. It's called Hole in the Wall. Have you ever heard of that place? Hole in the Wall, huh? Yeah. So what it is, out in Blacktail, yeah. So like, um, you know that back road out of Heart Butte? Yeah. If you go across that. You head north and you go across that coulee, all those trees, those pine trees or whatever, and you, you get up on that yeah. other side, way over there by, um, by, uh, what would it be, Rustler's Corral, somewhere up in that area. There's, yeah. there's, a, um, there's a hole in the ground that, uh, my brother-in-law said one time, he says, man, um, you know, I dropped a rock in there one time. He says, man, yeah. I just kept hearing it go, just just bouncing, 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 bouncing. Just kept going. He says, whatever that hole is or whatever, he says, whatever it is, man, that, that thing's big. It's deep. Whatever's, you know. Yeah. Well, I guess um, they've covered it because, you know, cattle could fall in their horses or whatever. And they don't want them yeah. to, you know, die or lose lose out on them or anything. But uh, I remember this other story that my brother-in-law told me was... um. Now, y'all can make what you want of this, but he said, one time somebody got lowered down in there. They were just going to check it out and see. He says, but uh, when he come back up, he was so scared. I guess he's seen um, crickets that were, you know, like as big as a calf or a dog. Oh. That's what he said. Uh, you know, that's the story. Uh -huh. Now, this story come from his grandpa, right? Yeah. And he was just telling me what he heard about the place, but... uh. Have you ever heard, do you know of any more kind of like oddities like that, you know, just kind of odd places that make no sense or, or anything like that around the res? Or, uh, let's see here. I've never heard of hole in, hole in the wall on that one. Um, oh, I do know, you said it's in Blacktail? Yeah, it's in Blacktail up by Rustler's Corral, kind of by, um, uh, my sister Chastenham's place is Tatsy's out there, and, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's it would be oh. west of their their house up in those hills. Cause uh, let me think here. 
because my partners that I grew up with, they're really close. I call them my brothers, you know. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, their grandma and them, they live at Chief Oliver uh, Meadow. And they, uh, I'll ask them and, you know, I'll get back to you on that. They know that area really well, past what we call the Gap. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they go over and there's Blacktown, there's Chief Oliver Meadows, and then, uh, you know, further you go for take that road and go back to Stones and stuff like that. Uh, it's interesting, you said they closed it off, huh? Yeah, there's a, um, like a big metal plate over it, you know, so you can't, yeah, so nothing what's well, good, you get in there. You know what? Nobody falling in there, you know, and then search and rescue attempt, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, that I was that. there's also Fourhorn Lake, too. Um, that's kind of, um, I guess, I would consider, and I don't know, it might be even kind of, you know, spiritual, but that's another odd one, too, like that seven mile lane and you know, all these other yeah, places. Yeah. I heard, uh, I got one, I got one of four horns, uh, one time, uh, me and my partner, this was like, uh, senior year in high school, and we just got done, uh, it was probably about summertime, kind of a little early to still be, uh, swimming, though, but we were down there one time, and, uh, there was like four of us, mm-hmm. we brought my dog, we used to have this, my neighbor owned this chocolate lab, and he, uh, gave it to me, so I took him and he was a good, you know, good dog, and we, we went down there to swim. We just kind of messing around the lake there. I think he's on the west side, and we just kind of, you know, well, we'll just go swim. We'll try it, you know. Yeah. But as we're pulling up, you know, and uh, we didn't really pay attention. Like, we didn't off, make no offerings or nothing. We just kind of jumped in there, more or less. And then uh, we got in there. It was kind of gloomy day, and it was a little bit breezy. Anyways, you know, we kind of got in and we started swimming there for a little bit, and then mixing my dog, he, uh, he started, like, he started, you know, when we were there, it just kind of fell off, I had this, this eerie feeling, you know, yeah. and, uh, he started, he stayed on the shore, and he kept looking towards the center of the lake, and he started barking, he started, like, kind of whining and going back and forth and barking. We're at this time, you know, we're kind of just in, still we're in the lake. We're not too far out, but we're swimming, and we see all stop, and we look, and one of my buddies said, stop, and he goes, look, look, look at, look at the dog, and he's barking, like, he's trying to bark at something, and he's looking towards the middle lake, we all look towards the middle lake, and we're like, oh, you know, uh, well, boys, you know, I don't like this, like, you know, that feeling in your gut, you know, let's get out, and, uh, yeah, we get out, you know, and that's, I guess, um, we get out of there and we pretty much just leave after that, you know, but that, that's, I guess, one, one story I have of there. Um, nothing really happened after that, just, you know, other than that dog, because, you know, dogs, like, when there's something around your house or something that's here in the country, you know, they'll, they'll let you know when something's around. Yeah. And, uh. Must have seen something out there, you know, something we couldn't see, people couldn't see. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, they had that, you know, just that odd feeling. And so we got out and we left. The good thing we did, you know, I didn't want to stick around or anything. And, um, there was another story I heard that place. Oh. Someone had to stay overnight or something, they were camping. Or, you know, some people go out there and camp, you know, they did. Mm-hmm. 
and just kind of hang out, you know, overnight and spend a couple of days there and fish and relax. And, um, well, I don't know if they're camping. I think they were drinking and they pulled out because, you know, like people party and they drive around out there. Yeah. And they stopped. And they're all getting off and they're all kind of looking at the lake and you can see the moonlight, you know, gleaming off the water and kind of glittering, uh, glittering, you know, mm-hmm. sparkling in a way. I said, next thing you could see, uh, the only way they explained it is like they could hear something in the water. And it's like, you know, when a speedboat or something goes really fast across the water, it like splashes water up behind it. Yeah. Like it shoots it when it's cutting the water, it sprays it upwards. Uh-huh. It sounds like that, and it was going really fast around the lake. Oh. Like really fast. And it was just like spinning there, like literally spinning in the lake. And, uh, oh. yeah, and, uh, um, they talked about that, and they said that they, they, what they could see and make out that was doing that was you know, running that fast or whatever it was in the water was like a like a snake, I guess, or like a serpent-looking thing, something like that. Of course, they seen it, and they all got flipped out, you know, like freaked out, you know. Mm-hmm. They, all, they all bailed in, and they took off, you know, because they didn't know if it could jump on land or not, you know, but if it was moving that fast on water... Like, you'd catch your car or something, so they didn't know, you know, getting out of there. But that was another one that I've heard of that place. Yeah, there's old stories about that place. You know, the first episode, Daryl Bullshoe talks about that thing in there. That yeah. The stories told to him by his grandpa, I mean, his dad, who who learned them from his grandpa, you know. Just yeah. goes on and on, but there is stories of some sort of, uh, you know, serpent-like monster i guess you would say out there or i think they're spirits myself but you know yeah who knows what they are <laughs> and you know that um i guess our tribe has a you know clifton was talking about this to me one time i guess our tribe has a a lodge a serpent lodge you know yeah i guess it's, yeah i know what you're talking about yeah i guess it's tied to that lake or you know if i if i remember right it's tied to that lake but um, yeah, huh? That's really interesting. You say that. Yeah. I... <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I heard that lodge. Yeah, people. Person who has it, he says, uh, when you sleep, you know, you sleep in it. You mm-hmm. you get really get bothered in there. Oh. <laughs> he really laughs about it. Oh, <laughs> you always always like, let's put it up at you know, I think at Ocon. Have somebody staying it with you. Staying it for him. Oh, they get spooked out. <laughs> <laughs> he said it's really powerful. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know the uh, the story I was gonna mention about that place was uh, this. This is one I heard is um, so they were out there ice fishing one evening and yeah. uh, and uh, it was about evening, but they. They got back in their cars. They just left their poles kind of out there, I guess, wherever they were ice fishing at, and it started warming up in there. And uh, Or did they put their poles back in? Either way, whatever detail that, that slips my mind about that part. Um, they were in their car, and they were looking at that lake, and uh, just out of nowhere, man, the whole lake underneath that ice lit up like a white light. 
like something was mm. under there and just turned on a great big old light. So they seen it light up like that underneath it and uh you know again they, they just got the hell out there. They didn't stick around, they left. It was just too weird for them, you know. They headed out. I don't, yeah. I don't know what happened to their poles or, or how that part went, but yeah, they just left. <laughs> wow. Yeah, right in the winter time, that whole the whole underneath the ice just lit up like a big bright. Can you imagine light. that? Yeah, that'd be freaky, man. Oh, I'd head out too, no. I'd dive right in there and go look. <laughs> no. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a. That, yeah, I'd, I'd head out too, man. I don't think I'd stick around any longer either. So <laughs> long. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Oh, it's another one I want to talk to you guys about. Uh, Another one Mike brought up was boarding school, huh? Yeah. Then you had a pretty good story that uh, happened down here with uh, one of those matriarchs, huh? Mm-hmm. What's it? I don't know the name, but I heard that story when the cops came and checked on him. Yeah. And found him. Yeah, it's a pretty, uh, pretty sad story, I think. Scary, too, yeah. you know. See, I'll bring that up, uh. When I first moved down here in like 2019, I've been down here for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, my wife, we first moved in. Um, she's my little girl, is this tiny, barely walking. And, and uh, we moved in. And, you, you know, you can kind of feel it in that house. You know, there's something there, maybe something else going on. My wife's like, all right, I'll just cleanse it. I'm like, all right, you know, how's that work? I was like, do you need me? She's like, no, I got it, you know. So mm -hmm. he said, because uh, when I'm in there trying to clean, you know, get our house ready. Uh, our little girl, she'll stay near me. She won't go in there, you know, she won't go anywhere. She'll stay right by me, and she kind of looks down those hallways. And she's, like, talking, and trying to, like, talk to people. Mm -hmm. So she's like, I think we need to cleanse it, you know. I don't know what's in there or whose house it was. I said, I don't know. I said, all right, yeah, go ahead, you know. And she cleansed it. And then it was alright for a little bit, I guess. And then it wasn't it wasn't enough, you know. So she said it keeps bothering us. Whatever here is still something here. Like our daughter won't, you know, play those won't play her anywhere. She'll just stay by me. She's like scared, you know. But just kinda of cautious and I said, Alright. So we got to the point where we had to have uh some people uh some medicine people, I'll call them that. Uh, hmm. Powerful, you know, like that. People that, that uh, uh, cleansed their they had to come and they literally had to come and clean their house for us. It was beyond our, our, our control. And uh, um, these medicine people came, and of course they could feel it, and they cleansed their home. And they said, uh, when they got to the basement, they chased it around in there, and they got to the basement of it. It was trying to blow the smudge out, you know, that cedar. Oh. Yeah, and the black people, they use cedar and your tobacco for your barriers, you know. Yeah. And uh, so that's, I guess it was trying to blow the smudge out, you know, when it was underneath the uh, basement. So they got it out of the crawl space, and uh, 
they got it out of the house, and when it left the house, it was like a whirlwind, just like a big gust of wind passed through. And uh, that the the woman that was there, it passed right by her, and out into the outside, out to the outside. And she said it smelled like alcohol. And whatever it was, she felt tension. Like, whatever it was, it was really angry. Like, it made people fight and drink. But it left our home. When it left our home, it left, you know. Yeah. But after that, you know, it was gone. It was good, you know. After that, my little girl could, you know, run in those rooms. She was fine. And my wife, everything was good. We didn't feel anything. So, you know, fast forward sometime later, you know, like my, my neighbor used to move across the street before he moved. He was a uh, corrections officer. He used to tell me he'd hear people outside his window. He said he heard this one person who was like trying to breathe or something, like they're struggling to breathe. Almost like they're gargling water, he said. And uh, he got mad at it. He said, you know, why are you bothering me? Like, you, you know. If you're dead or whatever you are, you're not supposed to be here, you know, like, get away. And uh, he'd tell me about it, you know. Hmm. And, yeah, he'd say, just leave me alone. He said, so, you know, I got up and I smudged my house and made sure, you know, that, that thing can't come in here, you know. I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah. He said, it was bad, whatever that was, it you know, bothered me. But, you know, like, nah. Doug's only too old and my neighbor... Because my former co-worker, she lives in the house next door. And she always told stories of her seeing the, uh, that's the one that I'll give you information. She's a good, good one here about living down there. She would always see, her granddaughter would always see a, a, another little girl in their house with the white dress on. Like dirty or something. And the white girl's trying to tell them, you know, come with me or let's play outside or something like that. You know, directly, I kind of, I kind of don't want to, like, say too much about a lot of her telling that, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that. It's pretty creepy, and she always told me she had stuff going on in the house, and, um, but of course, you know, like, uh, you know, and, and like, we like to talk about being traditional and stuff, you know, we, have, we know how to take care of each other, you know, ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. all those things don't bother us or try to come in our homes, you know. So ever since, you know, we cleansed our home and stuff down here, it's been a good home. So the day we move from here, it'll be a good home for the next family that comes in, you know. Yeah. That's the way, the way I see it. So we just got rid of whatever was here and kept it out. And hopefully it doesn't come back. But like you said, you know, this was a boarding school. And I imagine there was a lot of bad things that happened down here. You know, and there's a lot of spirits still, you know, roaming around, I believe, down here. You know, but... I do know, uh, it's like uh, when Mike was explaining the layout of those rooms and what's going on, you know, I was just picturing everything because the houses are more or less the same, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I was kind of running it through my head and he was telling me which room he was in, which room his dad was in, when all that stuff was going on. I was like, damn. Yeah, but, we were just down there too not too long ago visiting my uh, my wife's aunt. She lives down there too. You know, on that far west side, if you go all the way back, she's like that first, right around that first oh, house. Oh, Hannah. Yeah. Hannah, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. back there. And, you know, I was trying to hit her up for stories too, but we had other things we were talking about, so I didn't. Uh, I didn't go there. We just, I just, you know, we just had a good talk. But anyways, yeah, I, I bet she has quite a few stories of that place. You know, I'd like mm. to ask her too. Um, <clears throat> but those those old houses you talked about—they knocked them down, huh? Yeah, that um, that white house. Since did you come down off of that hill? It was to the right. That that one's knocked oh. down. Now. That one's not there. And then there was, I want to say, a duplex right next to it. And uh, when I was just a little guy, I started going to boarding school in the second grade down there. I remember yeah. there were still foundations there. Uh, <laughs> they were kind of tall. You know, like that foundation out by the uh, senior center in Hart Butte? That's kind of right yeah. to the north of that. That's kind of how I remember those. They were big foundations. And I remember they... They burnt down that that house burnt down. So those middle riders lived there. Well, Levi did anyways. He was our friend. He'd come and visit us, play basketball and stuff. He was older than me, so I, I didn't listen to him talk to those older boys. Yeah. But yeah, that's. I remember he lived in one of those houses across from that white house at the bottom of the hill. You know, on the right side there. Mm. Yeah, they're not there anymore. I remember one of those old matrons talking about some of the old days, talking about how they used to have to get the eggs, you know, and tend the animals and the crops and whatnot before they went to school, too. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's been there a while, old enough for all that, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, but so far, you know, nothing's really came up. And then, you know, now me and my wife, we, you know, when our little one, our little girl, we keep our house pretty much uh, in check, you know, we make sure cleanse it and make sure our home's good you know in that area we're in and uh it's all good you know then having you know your wife's relatives you know mm-hmm. i know they're traditional blackfeet way you know and they're really really good about stuff like that too you know yeah i know like, we can go to them for help and vice versa you know if we ever need it so especially with stuff like that you know spiritual stuff yeah mm-hmm other than that, we just have, uh, you know, just animals pass through and probably Bigfoot, you know. Oh, Bigfoot. <laughs> and I heard him, I heard he was down here, you know, passing through and stuff like that. People talk about him and uh, people find tracks and stuff, you know. Man, we used That's to kind of too. Oh, good. I was going to say, we used to play all over in those woods too as a kid, man. All over there. I remember we'd go further up there with some beaver dams, too. Mm. And we used to play around all back in there. You see how it looks now? It's kind of all grown over to me. It's what it looked like in the back where we used to play back there, behind those houses toward that river. It seemed like it's all grown over now. Yeah, and remember it used to be a lot thicker brushing trees. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. To me, it looks thicker now. Today, it looks thicker. Because I remember before, I mean... Maurice Redhorn and us, we used to all play, uh, uh, what the hell is his name? Mike Myers, we used to have one of those masks. And Jason, too, he had one of those Jason masks. But yeah. we basically play hide and seek back in all, all that area back there. And it seemed like it was a little thinner back then. And, uh, I remember this is a crazy story about Maurice. <laughs> Sorry to bust you out, bro, but, uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, I don't remember who was it. It might have been like Leon Sharp. Somebody was it. They so they had to have the mask on, and we'd all run out and hide in, in the in the brush. And uh, 
you'd have to walk out and you'd have to find everybody and anyways uh, I remember I was, I was close to Maurice and he was hiding and you know how big he is <laughs> yeah. there was this little tiny bare branch he couldn't find any place to hide in time so he, he jumped behind that little tiny branch only about as wide as it you know because your pinky finger he, he put that right in front of his left eye and he closed his other eye and that's how he was hiding <laughs> behind that branch <laughs> but no i remember it being a little bit thinner back in there why is it what do you is it what is it thinner now you're saying i mean it, it still thickens up in this you know when it's uh summertime but during the winter it's pretty bare mm. that's because that fire it came through oh i see yeah it kind of took all those big trees out all right, you know, when I was there, it was at night, so I didn't really get a good look at it, you know? Mm. Because uh, when I first joined the force, we'd come back here and qualify in the shooting range. And I remember it being really thick, you know, the trees were pretty thick. Here, when I moved down here, I remember there was a fire, remember? Yeah. Thinned it out or something like that. Something happened. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, well, I don't know how it looked before. You know, I didn't move down here like oh, then you know, I was a south sider before that. Had to me, it seemed like those trees come further out. <laughs> I remember younger, those trees were kind of up to those houses, but it just didn't seem like it was that. To me, it looked like those trees are almost right up to those houses. Yeah, out there that night. But uh, oh yeah, it's changed. That it's. Got that new boarding dorm there. I've never been in there. Just in that old one, you know. I think that new boarding mm -hmm. dorm is where our football field used to be, if I remember right. Mm. Yeah, it used to be a big football field out there. Damn, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's where Darren Ames back busted Melissa Spotted Eagle's collarbone playing flag football, and he just pushed her like tackled her. Oh. <laughs> it's funny. Mm. Yeah. Well, it wasn't funny, but I mean, just old memories. Yeah. Anyways, that was a big football field right there. Mm. Oh man, what's another? Let's go back to uh, police patrol. All right. Let me try to remember some. Uh, there's so many, you know. I guess yeah, quite a bit. Um, another time, let's see here. One that I always remember is uh, that is what dispatcher man when she worked. There was always something happening with her. Um, she always talk, talks to uh, the ghosts, I would say. One time you get a call. Well, it, was a, it was like a, a normal winter day. You know, it snowed that during the day. You quit in the evening, but you know, it, was, it was calm. There's nothing going on, really. And it's probably about midnight or so. And we're driving around, and first she gets on her radio, and she's like, you, know, you can hear her voice. She's a little, she's a little uh, Something's going on. She calls her supervisor to go up to dispatch. And so he does. He heads up there. The next thing, they call all of us up there. You know, the whole shift come up. So, you know, what's going on? So I go up there and I walk in and they're all like, they're all like, oh man, you know, like they're all like startled. Mm -hmm. What's going on? And <clears throat> dispatcher, like, listen to this. And it's a nine-year-old back to the old system then. This was probably back in 2015. 2015, 2016, they had a system where, you know, it would uh, record everything and everything like that. So they have a way better system now, but then it was kind of old school still, and uh, 
I just remember this night for saying the reunion, you record the whole thing and say, 911, what is your emergency? You know, or something like that. I remember this, it's just like a really, it's not like an older man, but he said, uh, some of, the, some of the cops over there, some of the unit over here. Actually, what's going on, sir? Where are you? And he's like, you can tell in his voice, he says, it's like he's running out of air. And he's like, they're going to kill me. And she's like, where are you? And, uh, you know, trying to, he says, I got a drug problem or something like that. Some of the unit over here. And he goes, they're going to kill me. And uh, all of a sudden, she goes, where are you? And he goes, uh, I'm dead. And then it just cuts off. It just cuts off. And then it's like in the movies, you hear that dee, 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 you know, the phone after yeah. a deadline. And they did that, and they recorded it, and we're like, holy, you know, like, like we, and then the maps, it came back on the GPS and the maps. It's like, where's this at? We found the house. So like, let's head down there. Then we go down there, and it's boarded up. Cool. Nobody around. And the phones, they can tell. Dispatch can tell if they're, um, old discarded phones and stuff like these. Remember when some phones became really cheap? They're like prepaid, mm-hmm. and you can tell when they're inactive. Yeah, but that cell phone come back is inactive. Something like that. Whoa. This is, yeah, and it happened again. Like the second time was very similar. I remember, and uh, there was another house. I think it was in Chinatown at the time. This time it's boarded up. They get sent there for some woman screaming for help or something like that. Or something like that. Or some, she said I died in this house or something like that. So they get down there when this time they have housing security and housing security has a drill so they take the boards off the door. You know, here they board a house up, they board it up. Mm-hmm. So they, they take the, the boards off and the cops go inside and clear the house. There's nobody in there. I guess that person said, you know, they died there, I guess, or something like that. Mm. I remember. <laughs> I come right on that uh, call, though, huh? Yeah. Because <laughs> we never recorded them. They record, I don't know if they, what they ever did with them, but I know they recorded them. And we were, we were listening to the playback, and we're just like, man. And I heard it, I was like, oh. And I was like, well, just make sure nobody's messing with us. So we head down there, and they're not making that. A vacant unit, nobody around. Oh. And, uh, you know, sometimes cell phones are like inactive or, you know, they're just pretty much disposable at that point, you know. Okay. I just, just remember, like, uh, like, man, you know, uh, usually something happened and that was the same dispatcher on the, the other the other time I told you guys when uh, I went out to Heartbeat at the old Margie Kennedy Center. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody was there, you know, but they had to call us to remove somebody. That was the same dispatcher. Man, I swear, every time she worked, something like that would always happen. Talks to ghosts. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And, you know, uh, you don't want to say her name or anything like that, but if she's listening, she'll know who she is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Man, these are uh, times I'll never forget that on patrol, you know, things just being in general would happen. Talking to ghosts. Jeez. Another time, too, at the dispatch there, too. Um, dispatch somewhere there and down in uh, kind of a spooky place. We, we got dispatchers where 
they'd call us and say, somebody's inside the building, like messing around. And we'd have to go up there and clear that whole building and nobody would be around. But it's like that, it's that old head start. Uh, it's, uh, my dead dog Lake there. Mm-hmm. The whole building right there. Right behind that, in that white church. Oh, There's a okay. building there. Yeah. That's pretty much our headquarters. And uh, I guess it's like it was an old head start back in the day. Yeah, I remember that. I guess it's a pretty, pretty spooky place. But I remember one one day, I remember this. And uh, it was me and another officer. We were in the officer's room. So you have a little room. We call it, uh, can call it the officer's room or the basement, you know. It's kind of an area where we process uh, all our paperwork and stuff and do our reports, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, next to it, we have our gym and little area parking lot area so one time uh, i was i was it wasn't the evening time i don't know what i was doing so i was on shift or just kind of hanging around but an officer that is no longer he passed away years ago but he's a good friend of mine my relation and a really good officer and uh he's my good friend so anyways he was processing a firearm and as evidence so he was pretty much and this is a part that was cut out. What happens was uh, they were both sitting at this table and they were doing paperwork and uh, his buddy across from him was writing some stuff down, you know, getting through his logs or his reports or whatever they were doing. Then all of a sudden the spirit spoke right in between them and this is what it said. Saying hey, like between us. He stops and he looks at me and I look at him. I was like, did you hear that? He's like, yeah. And we immediately like look around and see if anybody's around. We go in the next room. We look in the gym. We look in the garage. Nobody. We even checked the door. It never was never opened. And, and that back door is always locked. And once it closes, it locks. Nobody can come in. And, uh, but yeah, plain as day, you know. My partner was the only uh, witness now, but he's not. You know, he passed away years ago. But and I still remember that. Oh. Man, people getting spooked in that place too. <coughs> um, what well, did you have any uh, ghost stories, or did you, what did you hear about any police, any police stories here that were paranormal? I was one I wanted to know. You know, I've just heard what Mike's told me. He's like the very first person that start talking about ghost stories and stuff. But uh, you know, that really kind of got me thinking there must be more you guys out there that have a lot of stories about this but uh there's one i heard about this emt and uh she said she said yeah we got called to this house there was a man and and at this point in this man's life he was in his what would have been his late early early 40s i want to say somewhere around there but um Anyways, I'll, I'll say his name, but he, he passed away. It's old Joe Sam Scabby Rope. Everybody knows him. Yeah, yeah. And so anyways, they got a call up there, and um, it turned out to be Joe. But it, it, it well, anyways, let me just kind of back up here. Before they, they get to that house, they can't, uh, there's a car kind of bark, uh, blocking, like, the, the part where they could pull the ambulance up a little closer to get in there. So yeah. the call goes like that. They, um... They uh, got a man having chest pains, you know, his age, and 
and we you know you guys need to get up there and go get him and so they pull up like that and that car is blocking it and who's sitting inside that car it's joe sam he's sitting in there mm. and he's just sitting there watching him they, they get out and they asked him well well where's he at and he just pointed to that house and say nothing just pointed in there but yeah when they walk in that house who's laying on that floor is joe sam oh but he was the one in that car pointing him to that house mm. <laughs> you know I've, I've heard stories like that but um you know the ones that the other one i've heard about those cops that is down in boarding school where i guess they had uh you know that goat man trapped in between that old boarding school between the big boys in and the uh, big girls and right up to the rec room that's a high ceiling and it jumped over that building after a while you know after they had it cornered there the cops and wow really yeah that that was when i was a little kid going to boarding school there we got back that that fall after the summer because you don't stay down there in the summer and uh yeah they were telling us that story and it was from the matrons that were telling us that story and see i didn't hear anything about it but everybody was like, oh yeah it was on the scanners and everything you know mm. we're talking like that but that was i was a man i always wish they'd ever told us some, some of those stories because we had to sleep down there <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you know and yeah at that time, I was just a little boy on a little boy's end, and uh, what that means is if you're under, I think it's the fifth grade and under, you're a little boy, sixth grade and up, you're on a big boy's end, you switch wings of the boarding dorm, but uh, on that little boy's end is where there was a lot of stuff that, well, there was kids that would play in those back rooms, but, you know, they weren't mm. alive, they weren't alive, they, you could just hear them back there, though, but that's the only thing, really, I never really, you know, honestly got spooked a lot down there. It was always just really, really creepy. You could always feel something around, but the only thing that ever happened to me is those kids. That's come I never, ever slept in that that hallway. Where the hallway <laughs> you could have a bed right there next to the hallway. That's why I never slept there, man, because when I first got down there, you know, it was, you know, it was the first time I experienced uh, somebody dying in my family. You know, I was sad. I was kind of like staying up late. Yeah. And my family was all kind of like falling apart, but... Those kids, man, that would play back there used to scare the hell out of me. And I seen them kind of like run by a little bit one night when I was looking down there. That's when I first got there. That's why I'd never do that anymore. But uh, there were times where that was going on. And um, we'd all pile in that front room and to the left as you're walking down the hallway back to that main hall. Yeah. Um, we'd pile in that front left room all of us little boys we'd pile we'd put two beds together and we'd all try to sleep there and like just stay there but the matron would come down and uh you know see us out of our beds and she'd get mad at us i ain't gonna say her name but she's she'd get mad at us and you know threaten to spank us and all that if we didn't go back to her you know it come to that a couple times too us getting spanked because we were scared to stay in our rooms back there you know, come yeah, come out a few times. We'd get spanked. Jesus, we'd be spanked, getting spooked. It was a hell of a time sometimes, you know. Oh, <laughs> as a kid, yeah. yeah, it was. You know, it was a hell of a time. A lot of those, and it's where, uh, you know, you learn to cope with it different ways. My way was putting my head under the covers, and I really liked ACDC, <laughs> even when I was that young. Yeah. I'd try to imagine there, because those guys would rent videos from Browning Video, and they'd bring them down there. And, vhs player there and and that you know that day room that we had down there and we'd 
I remember watching those videos and I really liked those songs. I just try to remember those videos and those songs yeah. until I fell asleep. That's kind of mm. how I'd get over it. But no, I'd, I'd never look down there anymore. But that was the only, only things really, uh, aside from my cousin getting, and I've told that story where he got spooked down there on that side, that big boy's end. Yeah. He's moving his bed, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, moved his yeah. bed. Like, oh, cripes. But anyways, you know, those are kind of the the times down there. But um, as far as the cops go, that's the only other cop story I know happened down there. You know, something mm. weird happening like that to them. Yeah, I've heard, yeah, I've heard, this. I heard stories of them uh, chasing... Uh, Goat man, yeah, and stuff like that. You know, towards the uh, pencil factory and stuff. That's a um, bad, bad spirit, boy. I've heard uh, some of them, like, explaining it. Uh, it was like a... So the only way they were back to him, I guess, he was running away. What? The only, the only way they explained it was like... Uh, uh, it's almost like a person that was on the horse, you know, really loping, and taking off. And they just kind of pull away from the car, you know, because they're off road. The car can't go too fast, you know. And uh, yeah, that's the thing I heard about that. And uh, I've heard, I've heard uh, all the stories that were told on here about him too. Mm-hmm. And I heard another story in the past. <clears throat> I'll have to uh, we can uh, basically remember it, and then the person who told us that story, I'll get her permission to tell it one of these days to you guys. So it was a really good one. She had some really good stories. And I'll give you your information, too. Some, she had some crazy stories then. Right. You know, those stories, yeah. About, especially she had one about him. She told us. and um, Yeah, you know, and then it's another one. Um, shadow. Shadow is like an actual, like, shadow people, I guess. Yeah. Like a person, though. One time I was at my brother's house and I was sleeping in the room and you know how light kind of creeps through the the door? Mm-hmm. You kind of see the room a little bit. Some light so you kind of see around a little bit. So anyway, one time I was sleeping and I was taking a nap during the evening and uh, there that, that, that door was really cracked, very open the house. The sunlight's going inside the house. Oh, not sunlight, I'm sorry, y'all. Like light went inside the room, and I could see a little bit. But I just remember being woke up, like I got out of dead sleep, and felt like something was staring at me. And I looked up, like I, I'm on my right side, and I looked to my left. I look up, and I see. One thing I can explain was like a. Imagine a. I mean, it was a shadow. It was a shadow, like a shadow, but it was like a figure of a man. Like a person was just completely dark. It was just a silhouette, looked like completely dark, and uh, he looked like one of those guys on those bathroom signs. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. He was yeah. all black, darker than dark. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't see through him. And uh, I woke up. I looked at him, and he's kind of just peeking at me, kind of looking over at me, mm-hmm. and I kind of froze, you know, and I'm like. And he kind of just, you know, he looks at me for a bit, you can tell. And he kind of just, like, stands straight up. Because he's leaning over, he stands straight up, looks at me, and he kind of slowly backs into that corner. Oh. And I uh, 
as soon as he gets by that corner and it's like I can move, I jump up real fast. And I'm yelling at my nephew who's cleaning out a closet in the hallway and that's the light that's coming through the door. And I, I yell at him and he says, what? He says, he comes in, he opens the door. I said, turn the light on, turn the light on. And he turns it on. And then we look in the air and nobody around. And I tell him what I see. And the next day I just kind of told my brother, I said, hey, brother, I said, uh, you have something in your house, you know, you have a shadow in your house, whatever it was, it's in your house, it woke me up. In your house somewhere, he's going to say, oh, yeah, I know. I seen him the other day. Like, it was nothing. I was like, what do you mean you see him? <laughs> he's like, I was laying here watching TV on my bed, and I look up, and I see him. He's kind of, like, crouched up on the wall, between the ceiling and the wall, crouched in that corner. Oh. <laughs> I was like, man, this guy. And you're not going to do nothing about it? He said, no, I'll have it. I'll have it taken care of. That was nuts. Jeez. Because, um, you know, you get, you get people, I've heard people tell stories of seeing it. Like, getting sleep paralysis and they see something like that, something happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this one was crazy, you know. The first time I've dealt or seen with a, with a shadow. It turned out, I guess it turned out to be a spirit. From down south. Oh. Yeah, they end up getting rid of it from that house and sending it back. But it, it turned out to be a spirit from uh, southern medicine down there. Oh. Way down south. Okay. Yeah. So they end up getting rid of it. But that's what it was. Oh, man, it was nuts. Oh, that's yeah, crazy. <laughs> and uh, one time uh, in that same house, one time I got home late. It's about one or two at night. And I walked in the hallway, it's always dark. So I walk in the hallway, and the hair on my neck stands up, and there's something in there, like, behind me. It's, you know, I get this, this weird feeling. And it's just like a very, very light tap on my back. I feel it. Like, it barely touched me. Or it was barely, like, like, lightly, gently, like, just touched my back. Like, and I can feel it. Where it was, where it touched, it's kind of like a burning sensation, really light. Yeah. That's crazy, yeah. That's the only other time I've been bothered at his house like that. Yeah. And, uh, it didn't harm me or nothing, you know, it just barely tapped my back. Yeah, but you knew there was something there, right? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, when I, before I walked in the hallway, it was just dark, and I was like, man, I gotta walk through this and get to that bathroom and turn the light on. Uh, I took a deep breath, <sighs> you know. <laughs> I just kind of stepped through it, and you know, I just felt it like it was stepping into a void. And I opened the door, and the second I opened the door and get ready to move, that's when I feel it, when I feel it touch my back. Mm-hmm. And there was just a very light tap. I heard my neck stood up, I got goosebumps, and I felt like a, like a light burning. Sensation. John, as soon as I opened the door, I jumped in, I turned the light on, and I jumped in, shut the door, and locked it. Yeah, so that's about, you know, the only time uh, that my brothers. Um, did I tell you guys that story when I was on patrol getting whistled at? I don't think so. Yeah, it was, I had to do a welfare check on a residence in an old agency. Um, Right by, just west of that gravel pit there, in the bottom there. Mm-hmm. Once you pass those double bridges, 
once you pass both bridges, you go further up, past the heartbeat turn off. You go further up, there's the gravel pit, and then to the right, there's a residence. Just you follow that road all the way back. It's that second residence, I believe. Mm. So I head back there at night. It's probably about maybe 11 at night. It ain't too late, but uh, completely dark out. Just to do a welfare check on the elderly gentleman that used to live there. So, all right, no problem. So head out there and I finally make it back to his house. And just the house there, and I think there's like barns or something around him, you know. So I light up my alley lights and I take down and I put my brights on and I just kind of get out and turn my portable on my radar, on my radar, on my radio. And I walk up to him. As I'm walking to the house, something whistles at me. Like in that field, and that field's pitch dark. I can't see beyond maybe 100 feet, huh? Something whistles at me. And uh, I say, you know, I know better. I ignore it, and I walk up there, and I see it like a, it looks like a, like a dead mouse, and then it on his back in the can. And uh, I remember um, knocking. I finally make contact with that old guy. He says, no, I'm fine. You know, I'll call my family. Let them know I'm doing good. I'm just out here. I said, all right. I said, you got anyone in your field out here or anything like that? He's like, no, I'm the only one here as far as I know. I said, oh, okay. So I just kind of go in, you know, uh, get back in my unit and tell dispatch, you know, everything's good, and I'm going to head back to Brown. But, yeah, I mean, something whistled at me that night. <laughs> yeah, you don't pay those no mind when they do that to you. You're supposed to just go about your but, way. But, you know, in that area, too, it's close to Ghost Ridge, you know, so yeah. that's what I thought. He was like, I better just, you know, I'm good, I'll just leave it. Alright, that's all we have for this episode. Um, thank you all for being here and for all your support and sharing the podcast anywhere you can. It really goes a long way. It helps us get this show out to more people. The audience is steadily growing and it's all thanks to everybody out there. And I really appreciate it. Well, uh, like I said earlier, the next episode is going to be a patron one and um. We're going to talk about dreams in there, you know, like what dreams mean to us. Um, how to tell between a dream that will mean something and a dream that doesn't mean anything. And um, and just the, I guess the strange oddities surrounding certain dreams and stuff. Yeah, yeah we're going to go into to a lot of detail in that as much as we... We like sharing anyways and um of course share a few of our dreams that we've had and what they what we think they mean or if we're still waiting for a meaning in them and you know just things like that so um stay tuned for that and until next time